they were just in there working out, man. It was just terrifying that it happened. The victim is identified, and a vehicle is sought after a fatal weekend shooting in Maple Ridge leaves witnesses shocked. Plus, it is a time where really all of the layering should be put in place. The warning from a BC modeling group about BC's sixth wave surge and. So we've got significant ground to rebuild, and cruise is a really important part of that. A first after a pandemic pause as a cruise ship docks in Vancouver, bringing hope to a decimated industry. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. Police have now identified the victim of Saturday afternoon's shooting outside a downtown Maple Ridge gym. Investigators are also making a public plea to help find those who got away in a suspect vehicle after the 41-year-old was gunned down in his vehicle. Kamil Kermali has the latest and a warning. The following story includes disturbing images. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Shocking cell phone video shows the moment police arrive to find the victim of Saturday's shooting in Maple Ridge. They just pulled a man out of the, the driver's seat. The driver's window riddled with bullet holes. The victim slumped over in his seat. Surveillance video capturing the suspect's vehicle driving away around 4.30 in the afternoon from the parking lot of this gym near Lougheed Highway and 226th Street. Paramedics tried to resuscitate the victim, but he died on scene. Police now identifying the deceased as 41-year-old Dar Kunkun from Maple Ridge. Does this guy look familiar? Yeah, he was working out with me like 15 minutes prior before it happened. He was just in there working out, man. He just just terrifying that it happened. Seth McConville says Kun Kun is a regular at this gym. He's pretty quiet. I never really talked to him. I just normally work out with him. Head nod. That's about it. In fact, he says Kun Kun had just wrapped up another workout session before heading to his vehicle. McConville and a few others were inside the gym when they heard eight to ten shots ring out. I thought someone was dropping like metal plates at first. Instant like fear, honestly. We all kind of, we didn't really freak out too much. We were like, okay, lock the door. We closed the or and then we just head to the back. Police say the shooting appears to be targeted and that Kun Kun doesn't have a criminal record. But a family friend who didn't want to be identified told Global News that Kun Kun had a checkered past. They allege he used to be tied to some illegal activities, but they believed he had left that world behind. <laughs> Meanwhile, a handful of witnesses who were around the parking lot still shaken, some coming back to pick up their vehicles the next day. It's daytime. The cop shop is right over there. I was really shocked that it happened. I just can't believe that that would happen like just here at my gym. Police looking for any witnesses who may recognize the suspect's vehicle. A newer model red Honda four-door sedan with a sunroof. They're asked to contact police. Kamal Karamali, Global News. Officers in Abbotsford temporarily closed a section of Clearbrook Road today following a possible domestic assault that sent a woman to hospital. Abbotsford police say they were called to the 1700 block of Clearbrook Road at about 10.45 this morning and found a female with serious injuries. She was airlifted to hospital. Investigators are now trying to determine what led to her injuries, but they believe there is no risk to the public and they say the people involved did know each other. 
BC's independent COVID-19 modeling group believes the province is starting a sixth wave or second Omicron wave driven by the more transmissible BA2 variant. With most health mandates now lifted, more than 70% of COVID infections are BA2. Experts say and claim a lack of data makes predicting its severity difficult. Kristen Robinson reports. Patio dining is heating up. The BC Restaurant Association says Friday's lifting of the vaccine card, the last of the province's societal-wide COVID-19 constraints, ignited a 15 to 20 percent boost in business. People in BC are like 94 percent double vaccinated. Still got to be careful. We have very high Omicron infection levels at this point in time in British Columbia, and they're expected to go up. UBC professor and BC COVID-19 modeling group member Sarah Otto says the more infectious BA2 variant is feeding the second Omicron wave amid waning vaccine immunity and relaxed restrictions. It is a time where really all of the layers should be put in place and not none of them. Virus trackers are battling a lack of reliable data now that BC is only providing hospital admissions numbers and a total count on hospitalizations weekly. Otto still predicts a two to five times higher rate of hospitalization. And that's the real risk for this next wave. Those over 70 and at highest risk from COVID are the least protected because they were boosted first. There is a decent risk that hospitalization rates will be as high, if not higher, than the last Omicron wave. It is very concerning that we are not putting in public health restrictions and protections. I'm triple vaccinated. I'm still being careful despite the mask mandates changing. I would be concerned, yes. Um, I have an autoimmune disease. This woman hopes people will feel the need to protect others. Maybe wear masks a little more, continue to keep that social distancing. In the next two weeks, Otto says our province will be on track to potentially mirror numbers seen in the UK. In the United Kingdom, they recently estimated in this second wave that they had 10% of the population was infected currently. And when you have that high a level of infection, you really need everybody to step up their game. Kristen Robinson, Global News. Surrey City Council is expected to take up a controversial bylaw limiting the Ethics Commissioner's power when it meets tomorrow. A proposed bylaw would prevent the Ethics Commissioner from considering any complaints received as of Tuesday until after the next municipal election. It's one of several amendments being proposed to the Council Code of Conduct bylaw. A similar motion was proposed in January but withdrawn before it reached Council. The commissioner did recommend suspending the processing of new complaints for 46 days before Election Day. Council's motion goes much further, angering some critics. I think that this is outrageous that six months into the end of election, when things really get um, citizens thinking about whom they're going to vote for, that any complaints could to the ethics commissioner cut off. And that means that if anything comes up about the council members that are running, or and, and then you have no access to complain. Surrey Mayor Doug McCallum faces an ethics complaint about staying on as chair of the Surrey Police Service Board while charged with public mischief. B.C.'s municipal elections are on October 15th. 
Coquitlam RCMP are asking for the public's help to find a 24-year-old man wanted on a BC Mental Health Act warrant. Joseph Dale Felix was last seen on Tuesday, April 5th, around 3.30 p.m. at a psychiatric facility in the 2700 block of Lougheed Highway. Felix is described as being 5 foot 7 inches tall and weighing 155 pounds. He was last seen wearing a black t-shirt, black pants and a green army jacket with fur lining and white shoes. Police are concerned for his well-being and say he may behave in a way that presents risks to himself or the public. It's believed he may be in the downtown Vancouver area. If you spot him, do not approach him. Instead, call police immediately. Firefighters in Surrey were busy last night after an abandoned building caught fire. The two-alarm blaze broke out in a detached garage just after 10 p.m. at 104th Avenue and 128th Street. Nearby trees also caught fire, sending flames high into the sky. No one was injured and the cause is unknown. The fire has been deemed suspicious since there was no power or gas connected to the property. Williams Lake RCMP say the stolen search and rescue vehicle recovered in the central Caribou is still missing a number of specialized equipment pieces. The stolen truck had been missing for about a week until it was found on Friday east of Alexis Lake. The truck and its contents are crucial pieces of life-saving equipment in the Caribou. It was stocked with equipment to help extricate people from vehicles in the event of a crash and most of those items are now gone. I don't have a lot of detail on its um, condition. To the, to the eye, it looks fairly undamaged. However, being at such specialized equipment, I'm sure it will require inspections and all kinds of stuff to ensure it's safe for the road. The missing hydraulic equipment has the brand name Homaltro on it. Police are asking anyone to give them or Crime Stoppers a call if they see any of the items being sold. The situation is similar for the Interlakes Volunteer Fire Department, also located in the Caribou. Its stolen truck carrying medical equipment was also recovered this morning, but all of the equipment inside is missing. And still ahead, immigration assistance. How a Kamloops agency is preparing to welcome multiple families fleeing the war in Ukraine. And the latest on the rising fears as Russia ramps up its forces in the eastern regions. The threat to Kyiv is receding, but fear is rising in eastern Ukraine as Russia builds up its forces in that region. Ukraine's president says the country is bracing itself for a hard battle that experts warn could start in a matter of days. There are ominous signs Russian attacks in many parts of Ukraine are escalating, and the Kremlin has appointed a new commander to lead the invasion. Global's Ross Lord explains. With Russian attacks in eastern Ukraine escalating, streams of mostly women and children continue their desperate journey to safety over the Polish border. Some barely survive the shelling at the Kramatorsk train station that killed dozens. As they stagger through their living nightmare, Russia's barbaric attacks will be directed by a new general, Alexander Dvornikov, notorious for ordering atrocities in Chechnya and Syria. It seems this is one of the last uh, best hopes that Vladimir Putin has, and we should not underestimate the resources that are still at the disposal of the Russian military. Ukraine's ambassador to the United Kingdom says the new Russian offensive is likely aimed at having something for Vladimir Putin to boast about in time for May 9th, an anniversary known in Russia as Victory Day. What we constantly remind our people that we should do anything 
to, but just just never turn into animals. The Russians Russians already are. As machines work to clean up after the slaughter of civilians in the city of Bucha, there are more ominous signs, like this Russian convoy estimated at 13 kilometers long in eastern Ukraine's Kharkiv region. In his continual pursuit of more support from NATO countries, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky claims Russia is targeting not only his country but all of Europe. Even civilians returning to Kyiv after Russian soldiers retreated are not sure where they stand. I came to Kyiv to pick up a few machines and go away again. Because we have some awkward situation with Russian troops, I think. And we don't know still it's safe to be in Kyiv or not. As calls intensify for European countries to end all purchases of Russian oil and gas, there's another effort at diplomacy. This one by Austrian Chancellor Karl Niehammer. He's met with Zelensky and meets next with Putin. Niehammer says he wants to build bridges and stop what he calls the war of aggression, as the world watches and wonders what it will take to make it stop. Ross Lord, Global News. The Biden administration says the wheels are in motion to build a case against Russian President Vladimir Putin to be charged with war crimes and crimes against humanity. The White House today pledging more military aid to Ukraine and support for international investigators gathering evidence against Putin. A warning that some of the images in this story are disturbing. Global's Jennifer Johnson has the latest. The brutal attacks against Ukrainian citizens have horrified the world. The Biden administration says it is working with its allies to put Russian President Vladimir Putin on trial. Ukraine has set up an online archive to document the atrocities. These are war crimes. These are shocking and brutal acts that are completely unacceptable. And the United States will work with the international community to make sure there's accountability. Cell phones are recording the brutality that has gone beyond the usual boundaries of war. Attacks on civilian targets, allegations of rape, torture and extreme deprivation all can constitute war crimes or crimes against humanity. Captured Russian soldiers are reportedly saying they were told to bomb civilian areas, even handing over maps. We filed uh, all the criminal charges in the international court. We have the criminal cases opened in Ukraine, more than 4,000 of individual criminal cases already by the prosecutor general. International war crimes investigators are in Ukraine, risking their own lives to defend those whose lives were savagely taken. Experts warn evidence gathering is a slow task. People should be prepared for some time and the complexity of the process, that this is not going to be immediate and this is not going to be easy. No sitting head of state has ever been tried for war crimes. Finding and arresting a heavily protected Vladimir Putin won't be easy. But in-person prosecution is required by international law. Jennifer Johnson, Global News, Washington. Refugees from the Ukraine war have been trickling into Canada following the outbreak of the invasion. But immigrant support groups know much more work still needs to be done to better coordinate the response. Our report is from CFJC News. Ever since the war in Ukraine broke out, Canlip's Immigrant Services has been working around the clock to respond to people seeking help coming to Canada and figuring out which resources to connect them with. We've um, mobilized a team of uh, settlement counselors here to make sure we are always up to date with the latest information. It's moving really fast. 
Given the number of agencies who can assist families making a move to Kamloops, a meeting was held last week with more than 30 organizations to discuss who will provide what services. We can provide trauma-informed counseling. We can go step-by-step step at their pace. Uh, we understand what it is to leave so much behind. Uh, for many, it might be a temporary solution for two, three years. For others, it will be a decision to make Canada their new home country. These are hard decisions. Acting as a coordinating hub for community organizations, Kamloops Immigrant Services has already helped four families in their settlement process, with more on the way. We are expecting 17 this week, probably, if all goes well with the last uh, journey, last leg of their journey, and probably 15 more next week. Through the agency, people can be connected with free English classes, child-minding services while they're learning the language, employment counseling to find a job, community programs, housing options, and more. We need to inspect housing offers and vet to make sure that those places are comfortable, safe for Ukrainian families. The goods, we need to inspect the goods, we need to make sure it's proper furniture, for example, small appliances, is it still in order? There have been plenty of offers to help, and Canlos Immigrant Services says they will be in need of volunteers and housing options to help families settle in. Oops, uh, citizens, residents have been extremely generous, and uh, so far everyone wants to help and wants to know how can I help. For more information around how to get involved or connect with the Kamloops Hub, visit immigrantservices.ca. Delana Nisha, CFJC News. Vancouverites showed their support for Ukraine today at a very special fundraiser. Strathcona's historic Ukrainian hall on East Pender Street hosted the Pa Rai Craft and Bake Sale. Frozen handmade pierogies, homemade baking and crafts were snapped up quickly, with partial proceeds donated towards humanitarian aid for Ukraine. The doors opened at 10 a.m. and it didn't take long for the pierogies to sell out. Well before the sale ended at 2 this afternoon. Thank you very much. Enjoy. Thank you so much. I'll get to the tap. She does it. They're selling very quick. We started with 290 dozen and we're down to 30. We started at 10 and it's 20 to 12 now and we're almost sold out. We really want to do what we can to help because being a Ukrainian community in Canada, we've got connections to our heritage and our homeland. So we've all donated our time and our um, products and whatever we sell today, a large portion of that is going to go um, towards either medical supplies or refugee efforts in Ukraine. Still ahead, Vancouver welcomes the first cruise ship since the pandemic pause. What it means to local businesses and why this year's season is expected to be the biggest ever. And the Olympic opportunity for BC athletes as a talent search opens in the Okanagan. Well, it was a sight years in the making. A cruise ship passing under the Lionsgate Bridge and the return of the cruise industry to Vancouver after the COVID-19 shutdown. As Grace Key reports, perhaps some of those most grateful are those on dry land whose businesses rely on the influx of tourists. It's been 891 days since a cruise ship has sailed under the glistening early morning lights of the Lionsgate Bridge. As passengers get ready to spend their money in Vancouver, longshoremen are back at work and local businesses are once again supplying the ships. 
This is also an exciting time for our economy. The cruise ship industry brings in more than $4 billion each year and generates approximately 30,000 jobs for Canadians. We are expecting this year's cruise season to be the biggest ever. More than 300 cruise ships are expected to sail into Vancouver. It's about an 8% increase from 2019. 2,650 is the passenger capacity aboard the Conningsdam with Holland America. It's about three quarters full as the industry continues to ramp up business. Just a short walk away from Canada Place is the popular tourist destination Gastown. Everyone is hoping the cruise ship season will breathe life back into an area hit hard during the pandemic. It's kind of the bread and butter of Gastown, I would say. Like we invest kind of our entire year into making all of our profits for the tourist season and cruise ships are kind of those most reliable source of income because, you know, every day... 7 a.m., a cruise ship is docking, thousands of people are coming on through, so you can count on that traffic. Our visitor economy, as you heard from our other speakers, was first and hardest hit and will be the longest to recover. Here in Vancouver in 2019, it was worth over $14 billion. In the last couple of years, it was decimated to just over $5 billion annually. So we've got significant ground to rebuild. And cruise is a really important part of that. Under Transport Canada requirements, cruise ship passengers must be fully vaccinated and test negative for COVID before boarding any ship. The last cruise ship of the season will depart Canada Place on November 2nd. Grace Key, Global News. Well, the Powell Street Festival Society hosted a community gathering today ahead of their main event this summer. The Coast Salish singers kicked off the Hanami picnic at Oppenheimer Park. The celebration of cherry blossoms marks the beginning of the festival production. Several dozen people turned out to enjoy a Japanese curry on rice meal under the cherry blossom trees and a taiko performance. Organizers are already making plans for the summer festival. And this is one of the first community gatherings since the downtown Eastside Park reopened after a lengthy restoration following the 18-month encampment. It feels so good to be with people and to see, see our friends from the neighborhood. It has been really great to return to Oppenheimer Park and uh, have small gatherings. Uh, we've had like, dance lessons and crafts and uh, today we'll have a, actually a little dance lesson for the Pauru mashup in preparation of the game for the summer celebration. The 46th annual Powell Street Festival will return to Oppenheimer Park and the surrounding area on the BC Day long weekend, which is July 30th and 31st this year. And coming up, protecting yourself from your pets. The new research that suggests your dog or cat could make you sick and how to prevent it from happening. You're watching Global News Hour at 6. Okay, spring may have officially started, but it still looked like winter in parts of Vancouver Island today. Heavy, wet snow fell in areas like Arrington, Parksville and Nanoose Bay. That snow causing power outages for thousands of people. Crews worked through the day to try and reconnect the lines. It was a heavy, wet snow brought down trees and branches across our line. Nanoose, we understand there are seven spans of line down. Um, certainly a lot of damage in some areas. I uh, want to thank our customers for their patience during this period. I know it was an unexpected event, but it reminds us to always be prepared. Make sure you've got your emergency kit. Storms can happen not only in November, December, but they can also happen in April and, of course, uh, all throughout the year. 
All right, and for more on the elements, let's bring in meteorologist <laughs> Yvonne Schell for a look at that snow. Wow. Yeah, it was, a, it was a mixed bag. Early yeah. this morning, we saw that snowfall, so a couple of photos to share just to say that, yes, this was in April and this was this morning. Nanus Bay was captured. Another great shot, this one taken by Steve. And Seanigan Lake, this one was taken by Joe. And the snowfall in Parksville as well, and this one was captured by June. So we have seen some snow. It's been unsettled. We've also been tracking some thunderstorms. And we've got a live shot from our chopper showing us the ominous-looking thunderstorms that are rolling across wow. the region. So we are continuing to see this. It'll be for the early evening hours. Most of the action right now has been through Surrey, Langley, and I'll show you on that satellite and radar. But we are tracking the risk of thunderstorms still for the early evening hours, and that'll be a big concern. And we've also got the risk of thunderstorms for the southern interior that'll pop up once again for tomorrow. We're currently sitting at 7 degrees. We've got a westerly wind at 15 kilometers per hour. But this is key on the satellite and radar. We've seen that lightning just work its way in from Langley to Surrey. We'll still see heavier pockets of rainfall. That'll work its way across the region and we'll likely see it push towards the west end as well. So we've got that risk of thunderstorms, the instability right across the island as well. And then it should start to ease off as we get in towards this evening. And we've got a bright spot in the forecast, a little bit of a break between systems. It is going to be on the cool side overnight tonight. Temperatures will be down to two. And that's what we're anticipating for the early morning hours heading out for work or school. It should dry out through the day for most areas across Metro Vancouver. And we're looking to get up to 10 degrees where the average for this time of the year sits closer to 13. I wanted to put the future cast into play. Tomorrow, the southern interior will still see some wet flurries if you're traveling along the mountain passes two and up to four centimeters. But then a snapshot as we get in overnight to Tuesday morning, it's still just a heads up. We will see the potential once again for some wet flurries across higher elevations, and that could be for Metro Vancouver as well. The usual spots, SFU, Westwood Plateau, and even across the island inland, that'll be Tuesday morning. So we're still seeing the potential and another shot for some wet flurries. So keep in mind for Tuesday morning. Now, the northern half of the province will see that increase in cloud cover. Chance of showers popping up. A few flurries for the northeastern corners, but still chilly. Most areas for the central interior breaks, but areas towards the south of it. That's where we're seeing the potential for some wet flurries, higher elevations, and then changing over to that chance for some showers. Central Okanagan will see highs closer to 9 degrees. Whistler tomorrow with some breaks on the way. Temperatures up to 6. And along the south coast, we could still see some lingering flurries for the early morning hours near Victoria. A bright spot for tomorrow. We will see that increase in cloud cover. It's Tuesday morning that we could see some wet flurries, a break once again on our Wednesday. It's on and off, but for tomorrow, it looks like we'll see some sunshine in the mix. Neetu? Be prepared for it all, You folks. bet. <laughs> Thanks, Yvonne. Can your pet make you sick? Well, new research shows potentially harmful bugs can be passed on from your dog or your cat, but there are ways to prevent infection. <laughs> Whether it's a hug for your hound or a cuddle for your cat, there's no lack of love between pets and their owners. And they are our family members. We are moms and dads to them, right? But veterinarian Constance Pomba says close contact is spreading bugs that may not respond to antibiotics. We have this resistant bacteria in pets and in humans, and they are living together. That's the bad news. Researchers at University of Lisbon and London's Royal Veterinary College screened stool samples of more than 100 healthy people and the cats and dogs that live with them in Portugal and the UK. In four Portuguese households, resistance genes found in pets matched those seen in their owners. In two of the homes, bacteria in pets were the same E. coli strains that turned up in their owners. But then the good news is this transmission is very low. 
E. coli and other bacteria are common in the intestines of healthy people and animals, and while most are harmless, some can cause serious food poisoning or life-threatening infections. The main advice is uh, wash your hands like we do with COVID. Wash your hands after collecting the feces. Researchers warn overusing antibiotics in people and pets is also driving up the risk of infection, but say their findings shouldn't cause alarm. Don't be afraid of having a dog and cat. We should be, you know, reassured that the transmission is low. So with good hygiene, pets and their owners can keep spreading the love. Tina Krause, CBS News, London. Well, it was the final day of the winter ski season in Kimberley, and that means the return of an annual tradition. Here he goes. Here comes Guy. He's running straight and true. Look at that. Yvonne just let out a big gasp. Kimberly Alpine Resort hosting the Dummy Downhill 2022. Teams constructed another world-class field of handmade objects only to send them rolling down a steep hill and flying off a massive jump. The collisions commenced at 3 this afternoon with prizes for best crash, biggest air and most creative. All money raised from entry fees is donated to Kimberly Search and Rescue. Yvonne, did you think that was a real person? It just took me for surprise. It was well done. The dinosaur was also very good. I think I heard a collective gasp The dinosaur gasp was real. The dinosaur yes, exactly. exactly. Uh, what else is real? Masters is over. You'll be talking about that, I'm sure. Yeah, well, uh, there was a lot of dramatic shots today at the Masters, but really the finish wasn't uh, that dramatic. Scotty Scheffler, who has been dominating golf the past six weeks or so, did it again. So uh, we'll show you how he won his first ever green jacket. Corey Connors had another great tournament as well well and for the Canucks maybe some hope some other teams starting to fall a bit so we'll show you some highlights and uh, give you some positive news for the Canucks we like that all right thanks Barry also coming up tonight on the news hour the athletes putting their abilities on display test out different things and see what they might be best fitted for and see how far they can go with it it's pretty awesome as a nationwide Olympic talent search comes to BC This May, join me for the BC Cancer Foundation's Workout to Conquer Cancer. Sign up on your own or as a team, and let's move every day this May and help change cancer outcomes. Register today at workouttoconquercancer.ca. The search for future Olympians returned to the Okanagan today. RBC Training Ground was last hosted at UBCO in 2020 prior to the pandemic. But as Global's Taya Faust explains, the event was back in person today. It is a chance of a lifetime for these amateur athletes hoping to one day make the Olympics. Over 60 Okanagan athletes taking part in the RPC training ground at UBCO. Today is about athlete testing. Uh, We're looking to test endurance, we're looking to test speed. Uh, and we're looking to test strength. RBC Training Ground travels all across Canada evaluating amateur athletes between the ages of 14 and 25. And we're able to take these scores that these uh, athletes do today and match them up against the benchmarks. That information is passed on to our nine partner sports that are involved in RBC. And uh, if anyone gets close to the scores that we're looking for, the the sports will then connect with them and try to bring them into their programs. Sometimes athletes come into the program practicing one sport only to be advised to maybe pursue another. It's a nice way for us to uh, direct students from or athletes from a sport that they might not be 
perfect at into our sport where they could succeed and go to the Olympics. Myself, I got lucky. I found a lot of sports I could play in and partake in. And this gives opportunity to those that might not have that or even the funds to. So it's, it's a step in the right direction for sure for young athletes especially. And to show that dreams really do come true, Olympians are there to cheer them on. I am a hype man. Wait, man, I'm here. I'm here cheering on the kids. They're all doing such a great job. Um, I ran a beep test earlier with some kids, um, but basically, you just cheering on, cheering on the kids. The top Canadian performers will also get a chance to future Olympic funding to further help them chase their dreams. I'm really hoping that I can go farther in my high school athletics career, and then I would, I'm hoping to maybe get a scholarship, work on that through college, and hopefully, possibly the Olympics. TFS Global News, Kelowna. And good luck to all. Barry's back with a full sports cast after this break. Also ahead, how an artist from Mexico rebranded to move to BC by mixing a galaxy far, far away with familiar local views. Support those living with ALS through Project Hope. Help the ALS Society of BC reach their goal of raising $20 million to establish a world-class ALS center at UBC. This project aims to bring hope for ALS patients and fulfill the dream of finding a cure. Don't miss the incredible opportunity to see Elton John on his final tour. On October 21st and 22nd, catch the iconic performer playing a spectacular stadium show at BC Place for his Farewell Yellow Brick Road Tour. For RBC, I'm Michael Newman. If you want to know, it's on the house. If you want to show, it's on the house. If you want to go, it's on the Global BC Community Hub. Navigate your now. All right, Barry's back with the full sports cast and starting off with the Masters that have come to a close. Mm, everyone wants to look good in green. Yeah. This week. Thanks very much, Nithu. To give you an idea how fast Scotty Scheffler has risen to the top, back in 2019 when Tiger Woods won his fifth Masters, Scheffler hadn't even made it to the PGA Tour yet. But going into this week, Scheffler had won three times in a five-tournament span and was the number one ranked golfer in the world. And he proved this week that he'll be at the top for a while, winning his first green jacket and major championship at the Masters. Tiger had a great start to this tournament, faded on the weekend, but it's still one of the great moments in Masters history that the five-time champ even played a huge ovation walking up 18. Tiger tapping in to finish off a round of 78, second consecutive 78 on the weekend, finished tied for 47th out of the 52, but he made it. Gritty determination to make it back. Hopefully, he'll be back soon. Canadian Corey Connors loves Augusta, looking for a third straight top 10. Par 3 sixth. what a shot. He aced this hole in the third round last year. Settled for a nice birdie here. More from Corey in a moment. Scotty Scheffler had a three-shot lead when the day began. It was down to one over Cam Smith, but on the third hole... Scheffler from off the green chips it in for birdie. His short game has been incredible this week, and that really changed the tone of that final group. Meanwhile, Rory McIlroy made a huge charge. Eagle at 13 gets to 600, now tied second, four back of the lead. Cam Smith made birdie at 11 to get within three, but then this swing ended his chances. Not the first to have it all fall apart at the 12th. Just ask Jordan Spieth. Smith finds the water, made triple, and ended up tied for third. Now McElroy from the bunker on 18. And this is one of those magical Augusta moments. Plays it way out to the right. But watch what happens. Funnels in for the unlikely birdie. Rory in 8 under 64, tying for the lowest final round at the Masters ever. Post 7 under, and he's in second place. And then McElroy's playing partner, Colin Morikawa, 
follows McElroy in for a birdie as well. Morikawa post minus four, finished solo fifth. Back to Scheffler, who always had an answer. Anytime someone got close, beautiful approach at the par four 14th. And that led to a birdie and Scheffler's lead back up to four with four to play, which is pretty comfortable even at a major. Back to Corey Connors on the finishing hole. Connors finishing in style with a birdie. A third straight top 10 for Corey. Post minus three, tied for six. Then his paycheck, not bad. 521,000 US dollars. But it was Scotty Scheffler who was the class of the field this week, enjoying that walk-up 18 with a five-shot lead. Uh, he would need a couple of those. He uh, stick-handled around the green a bit. Three-putt double bogey at 18, still wins it by three. Scotty Scheffler has absolutely dominated the world of golf this spring, and he's a major champion for the first time, Masters champion for 2022. I was fortunate to put myself in a position where I was in control of the tournament today, so I didn't have to worry about what anybody else was doing out there. If I took care of my stuff and played good, solid golf, I felt like I would get the job done. And so that was the goal going into today was just keep my head down. And or I may have looked calm on the outside, but as Hideki knows, you know, it's a, it's a long day. It's a tough day. And, you know, I just try to keep my head down and, you know, just execute shots. The Canucks are off today, resting for their next game Tuesday at home to Vegas. Another must win, of course. The Canucks won their third straight last night against the Sharks, keeping their faint playoff hopes alive at least. They'll need everyone to contribute over these final nine games. Veteran Alex Chason has done his part, scoring again last night, his fourth goal in his last five games. feels good to, to contribute to the success of the team. and um, we, uh, we obviously know how important all these games are so uh, just uh, gutsy effort I thought tonight anytime you can get balanced scoring or you can get scoring from other ways because our power play wasn't very good tonight and um, you know so I mean those are things that uh, you, ways you find a way that you haven't done in a while so I mean, it was it was good to see yeah, all right, Dallas Stars in action tonight one of the teams the Canucks are chasing they're four up on Vancouver with two games in hand early second Blackhawks turnover, and it's Ruthie Hints, the Finn. That's his 31st, and it's 3-2 Dallas. And then more mayhem in the Blackhawks zone, and it's Jason Robertson who pounces on the loose puck, pounces it in to make it 4-3. And then Robertson gets another, his 34th of the year, 5-3 at that point, and Dallas goes on for the 6-4 win. Stars six points up now on Vancouver. Now, the Canucks also have the LA Kings on their radar. The Kings six points up on Vancouver for third in the Pacific. Both have nine left. Kings were in Minnesota. They were up 3-0, but the Wild roar back. Jared Spurgeon picks it off, fires the backhander past Cal Peterson to tie it, and then from the faceoff, Matt's Zuccarello with the quick release, and it's 4-3 Wild. And then before the end of the second, the former Canuck, Jordy Ben just saw his brother Jamie with Dallas. Jordy with the shot tipped in by Marcus Felino, and the Wild do the Canucks a big favor, downing the Kings 6-3. The Canucks are six back of L.A. with a game in hand, and they play each other one more time. So there is still hope. Bruins and Caps from Washington. These two teams uh, trying to clinch playoff spots. We think it's pretty much set in the East. Tom Wilson scoring on the rebound here to tie it up 2-2, and then in the third. Washington gets the game winner, uh, winner rather, from Lars Eller. Alex Ovechkin added an empty netter for his 45th of the year. Washington wins it 
by the final of 4-2 over the Bruins. And Vancouver Giants snap a uh, eight-game losing streak. 3-2 should be that final, but they did beat Kelowna and Vancouver now back in a playoff spot in the West Division. World Curling Championship gold medal game going on right now. Canada's Brad Gushu against Sweden's Nicholas Adin. Adin has won five world titles in the last nine years. Also just won gold in Beijing, considered the best in the world. But in the second, facing two, trying a difficult shot. Can't pull it off. Steal a two. Canada jumped out 3 nothing. But Sweden came back to lead 5-4. Gushu, final shot of the seventh, looking to score two. Lots of traffic to negotiate there. And when it settles, just gets one. And they're now tied 6-6, playing the tenth. And Sweden has hammer, so Canada needs a steal to get the win. Final day of the NBA season wraps in New York to play the Knicks. Toronto locked into fifth. OG Ananobi back in the lineup after missing some games with injury. Van Vliet and Siakam resting. Chris Boucher with the steal and the jam and the foul. Now, Ananobi will be a big part of the Raptors' playoff run. Good to get him some time in. Hits the jumper here, but the uh, game meant nothing. The Raps lost 105-94, but they know they will now play the 76ers in round one starting next weekend in Philadelphia. Epic showdown in the English Premiership. Number one, Man City. Number two, Liverpool. Man City leading by a single point. Kevin De Bruyne puts the defending champs up just five minutes in. Took a deflection, but it's De Bruyne's goal. Now 1-1, and it's Gabriel Jesus putting City back on top. Nice play there to slip it past the keeper. It's 2-1 City, but in the opening minute of the second half, it's uh, Sadio Mane celebrating his 30th birthday here with the tying goal. It ends 2-2, so they remain a point apart with seven to play. So it should be a great finish in the EPL. The Whitecaps' win streak was halted at one after last night's 3-2 loss to Portland at BC Place. Caps never quit and made it close late, so I guess that's positive. But they continue to give up too many goals. They have surrendered 12 of them in their four losses this season. Whitecaps were down 2-0. But then Christian Dahomey will find net to give Vancouver some hope in the 75th minute. It's 2-1. to one. But then they gave it right back to Portland. Timbers on the attack, and it's Jimmy Chara to the roof of the net. That made it 3-1. to one. There's some great goals in this game. Unfortunately, the Timbers had a couple of them. Whitecaps keep working. They get awarded a penalty. So Dahomey from the spot, but he stopped. Keeps it 3-1, but they got another penalty in stoppage time. This time, Ryan Gauld is going to take it, and he will hammer it in. But the Caps fall short, losing 3-2. Their record now 1-4-1. They visit Montreal next Saturday. Blue Jays looking to complete a series sweep to start their season against the Texas Rangers. Newcomer Matt Chapman will crank a three-run homer in the first. He's got power to adding to that great power in the Toronto lineup already. They're up 4 nothing. And then Vladdy Guerrero Jr. is going to launch a bomb to dead center, 467 feet. And the Jays jumped out 6-1, but this time it was the Rangers who had the epic comeback. Don't forget, Toronto came back from 7-0 down in the season opener Friday. Texas scored 11 straight runs, including this two-run shot by Jonah Heim, and they win 12-6. Jays open a four-game set in the Bronx tomorrow against the Yankees. And Ozzy Grand Prix overnight to down under. Another great day for Ferrari's Charles Leclerc. It wasn't a great day for his teammate, Carlos Sainz. Beaches his car in the sand. 
and he is done for the day, spinning his wheels. Leclerc just cruised to victory. What a week. He won the pole, led wire to wire, and also posted the fastest lap to win by a whopping 20 seconds. His uh, second win of the F1 season, Sergio Perez second, Lewis Hamilton fourth, and Canada's Lance Stroll was 12th. Nikki, that's it for sports. All right, thanks very much, Barry. We'll be right back with the surprising inspiration for a local artist. Stay with us. Now, there's no shortage of things in this province to inspire any artist, so it's surprising what's captured the imagination of local artist David Aste and his growing fan base. Here's Jay Durant with tonight's This Is BC. Artist David Aste was finding success at home in Monterey, Mexico. His designs transferred onto canvas were selling well online. The hundred per month, something like that. But a trip to BC a few years ago changed everything. He got hooked on snowboarding and moved north as soon as he could. I never saw snow in my life. That was the first time I saw it and I was like, this is awesome. So at age 27, he started fresh, hoping to build his brand again in a new country. And that's when he stumbled across something that created a huge buzz. David was puttering around with different images on his laptop at home and came up with this picture of a Star Destroyer to scale over Vancouver. He posted it on Reddit and the response was overwhelming. It was 100% a fluke. I wasn't expecting this at all. He released more images of Star Wars ships blasting around the city. People started to take notice. The feedback was mostly positive, but art is subjective. Some other people like saying that is not at scale. Some other people saying that is the worst BFX I've seen in my life. I'm like, that can be that bad. <laughs> David's dabbled with different artistic ideas before and has made some money despite not having any formal training. Never, just a couple of YouTube videos and that's it. The excitement over his latest creations has led to his first exhibition in BC, and there's more material on the way. Keep an eye out for a lightsaber battle somewhere in the city. <laughs> I hope they like it as much as I did. Aste hasn't sold any of these prints yet. He's working on licensing and a business plan. It's all taken him by surprise, but there's time to figure it out because he's not planning on leaving BC. This whole thing is just surreal. Like, I would never imagine this. I'm just uh, going with the wind kind of thing. Jay Durant, Global News. And if you have a great story about BC that people need to know about, you can email your ideas to thisisbc at globalnews.ca. That's all the time we have. Good night. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.